At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N. A-I-R. What a uh, fun weekend it was. Uh, an exciting Sunday in Major League Baseball, capped off by the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, and why not, right? You know, Yankees-Red Sox, the rivalry renewed, and this one was a wild game here on Sunday Night Baseball. The Red Sox winning 11-6. to It didn't start out that way. Yankees scoring two runs in each of the first three innings. Off of Red Sox starter Nick Pavetta, tagged for six runs on eight hits, two of them home runs, as the Yankees took a 6-3 lead in this game. But then in the bottom of the fifth inning, the Red Sox were able to scratch across some runs, uh, two thanks to a J.D. Martinez home run, and it was 6-6. It was 7-6 in the sixth inning, or after the sixth inning, I should say. Top of the seventh. And this is where... Everything just became an absolute disaster for the Yankees. Like, the, it, the whole thing fell apart. So, Giancarlo Stanton is up at the plate, okay? He gets called out on strikes. Three strikes that were all outside of the strike zone. Now, how do we know they're outside the strike zone? No, yes, yes, they they put up the little square on the TV and we're watching it, and it's the stat cast uh, K zone and whatnot. All three pitches were outside of the K zone. And there's a great Twitter account, uh, Welcome to the Ump Show, tweets out all the, uh, you know, bad calls by the umpires and all those things and whatnot, and... Um, this is one, I'll actually retweet it. So if you guys just are, are following me, I'll tweet out the, uh, I'll retweet now the Aaron Judge uh, strikeout here. I'm mean, excuse me, the Giancarlo Stanton strikeout here. And at that point, uh, Aaron Boone starts arguing. It's a whole thing. He gets ejected from the game. And the bottom of the seventh inning for the Red Sox Yankees are just filled with all this emotion after Boone gets ejected, the, the ridiculous, bogus strikeout on Stanton, and you have a throwing error by Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, 
followed by a walk, a single, then a double, then a um, throwing error by the pitcher, and just a bunch of plays that LeMahieu tried to make and couldn't make, and the error by Isaiah, and the Yankees wind up with uh, two errors in the inning, and Red Sox scoring four runs in the bottom of the seventh. They win the game 11-6. to six. Doesn't mean anything in terms of the American League East standings. The Yankees are still 14 games up on the Red Sox in the American League East. But in terms of the wild card, the Red Sox are your first wild card now in the American League. Two and a half games up on the Tampa Rays, who are your second wild card. The Mariners seeking to make the postseason in first time in forever. They are your third wild card tied with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Mariners have won eight straight games, nine and one in their last 10 games, and two games back of a wild card spot in the American League is another team that has won eight straight games, and that is the Baltimore Orioles, who are eight and two in their last 10 games. So the two longest winning streaks in Major League Baseball right now belong to the Seattle Mariners, and the Baltimore Orioles. Go figure. And for the Orioles, looking at them right now, at 43 and 44, they are going to, they might be the first team in baseball to go over their win total. This is a team, they have a, their win total prior to the season was 62 and a half. They're 20 wins away from exceeding their win total. There's 75 games left in the season. Just think about that when it comes to, you know, look at all the teams that are going to either exceed their win total or go below their win total. And this one really does, ugh, really does bother me because beginning of the season, I wish we can go back and, you know, pull up these clips from, uh, you know, I guess we were in March, maybe, right? Like I guess spring training or whatnot. And, Excuse me. I made a list here. So I have a bunch of futures bets that I did play. These are all tickets that, you know, I can rip up because they're not going to win. Uh, Mickey Moniak, National League Rookie of the Year, 100 to 1. That's going to lose. Uh, Ranger Suarez, uh, National League Cy Young, 95 to 1. That's going to lose. Noah Syndergaard, AL Cy Young, 100 to 1. That's going to lose. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> oh, that guy stinks. Uh, 65 to 1 NL MVP. That's a loser. Eloy Jimenez, 65 to 1 AL MVP. That is a loser. Uh, Phillies to win the National League East at plus 475. That, eh, I mean, look, it's not, not out of the realm of possibilities. Phillies are seven games back. Um, probably not going to happen. Uh, Phillies over 85 and a half wins. Right now, Phillies are at 46 and 40. So they got they would have to win 40 more games the rest of the year. So as long as they play 500 baseball the rest of the year, right? You know, they have uh where they played 86 games. So I guess they have um well 80 it's 166, so what? 76 games left. So they got to go 40 and 36 the rest of the season to exceed their win total. I think they can do that. Um, and then let's see, that was the, that was the bets 
Oh, Blue Jays over 91 and a half. Mm, that one might be tough. They're going to have to win 46 games out of their remaining, what they play? They play out of their remaining 77. So they're going to have to win 40, 47 out of 7. They're going to have to go 47 and 30 the rest of the year. That's probably not happening. That makes sense, right? 45 and 46 is 91. So if they have to win 47 games, it's probably not going to happen there for the Blue Jays. Um, but one that I talked about that I didn't place was the Orioles over. And I even joked about it. And I, I really wish we can go back and find this tape because I joked about it and I said, I want to bet the Orioles in every single game this season. And I just joked about it, and I was kind of like, I was having the conversation about if you were to take one team and either bet on them every game of the season or bet against them every game of the season, like what would your profit be on that team? And are there teams out there that um, you could make money on this by doing this so like think about that like look at the new york yankees for example i i i thought about this because if you were to bet on let's say bet against the yankees every game and you took their average money line minus 200 and if they were a 162 team, like if they won 100 games and they lost 62 games, well, then they would be what? You know, you, let's say you do $100 on each win and you win at plus 200 on your 62, you win 12.5 and then you lose 10. So you're up to, you're up, you know, 2.5 at the end of the season. It's like, yeah, you guarantee yourself a profit well, if that's what the average is. Well, I was just joking, like, what if you do that about the, the, the Baltimore Orioles? Like, if you take a team that's probably going to be underdogs in the majority of their games, but they wind up winning over 60 games, let's say if they're 65 and 100, I mean, 62 and 100, right? If their average run line against them is like, you know, plus 150 to plus 200, and you're winning all these games, I mean, you, you turn a nice little profit. So I thought, I, I was saying, I'm going to bet on the Orioles every game this season. Well, if I've done that so far, I'd be in pretty good standing. Orioles are 43 and 44, and on the run line this year, the best team in Major League Baseball, 55 and 32 on the run line this season. Yes, the Baltimore Orioles, the best team on the run line this season. In terms of your ROI on the uh, Baltimore Orioles, you are up 1398 on the Baltimore Orioles this season. This has been up, yep, 43 and 44 record. At home, you'd be up 1215, away 183. 
as a favorite, six and two, as an underdog, 34 and 41. They've won eight straight games. They, right now, at 1398, are the most profitable team in the American League and in the National League. Yep, Baltimore Orioles, the most profitable team in Major League Baseball. If you've just bet on them every single game this season. Second most profitable is the New York Yankees, twelve fifty. Think about that. The Baltimore Orioles, the most profitable team to bet on in Major League Baseball. Go figure. Speaking of those New York Yankees, we will be joined by Will Hill coming up next, host of the New York City cast for us on VSIN, presented by Bet Rivers. We'll talk to him about the Yanks, talk to him about the Mets, and maybe a little Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. and custom parlay calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vsin.com today. This is The Look Ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Back on the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S C O T T S O N A I R. You hit up my next guest on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. He is Will Hill, the host of the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers for us on VSIN, available vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Will, Sunday Night Baseball was an absolute wild one between the Mets and the Red Sox. And I talked about it earlier. I think everything just kind of collapsed for the Yankees after the strikeout to Giancarlo Stanton when Aaron Boone got ejected. That seemed to be the turning point for you as well? Yeah, and uh, that was a horrible sequence by that umpire. I think it was Gibson. Six straight balls, and you're seeing Aaron Boone say, hey, that's ball six. He didn't throw him one strike. (laughs) He threw him six pitches. He didn't swing at any of them. Uh, And somehow he struck out. It's just, it's incredible. There's no accountability for these umpires. But these last two games for the Yankees, now look, they're in fine shape in the East. They're going to probably be the one seed, still have a decent lead over Houston. But these last two games have felt like last year's Yankees. Bad defense, blowing leads, sloppy. And look, they have a great record. They can certainly win a championship. But I think this is the best thing for the Yankees because they need a wake-up call. Cashman, ownership, this team has flaws. Gallo has been a disaster. You need to get rid of him and replace him. I don't care if it's Benintendi, Hap. He's a liability come postseason, and I'm sick of the shortstop. Kiner Falefa has to go. I mean, this kid, he's uh, he was billed as being this gold glove, Ozzie Smith-level shortstop. 
He's very shaky in the field. He's got a 315 on base percentage. He hasn't hit a home run. We're at almost we're at the all-star break. We're past the halfway mark. He doesn't have a home run. He's a useless offensive player. He's not a great defensive player. You know, they got these kids Peraza, Volpe in, in the uh in the minors at shortstop. And it's a little dicey to take one of those kids and put them uh, on a championship caliber team and expect them not to have any nerves. But I think you're at the point now where you got to consider it because he is a complete liability. Gal is a liability. The pitching is starting to regress. You know, this series, Cole got hit, Cortez got hit. Tyone's been terrible the last four or five, you know, times out. Would they trade for Castillo? I don't know. I mean, look, I, I know there are a million games over 500. I want to get rid of the whole team. But I think this Yankee team, despite the record, uh, has some major flaws. And people compare this to the 98 Yankees. I think you're old enough to remember those are not fair comparisons. No. That team had no holes. They had Brocious batting ninth, hitting 300. This team has weaknesses. Do you think there's a chance they would move Glaber back to short? didn't work last year and he seems comfortable at second so i think they would leave him there but you got to find a solution this kid's not a, a major league caliber shortstop on a good team look he could go play shortstop for the pirates or the royals or the rangers and be fine i uh, make some nice plays here and there but uh, in terms of a championship team he is not a a, a championship caliber shortstop yeah it's a and shame. they had their chance look nobody wanted correa i understand nobody wanted to root for him i don't blame him but correa's had a great year for minnesota he's a hell of a player Corey seager was available they had chances to upgrade shortstop, but now they're left with this kid, and uh, to me, he's just not good enough. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of fine shortstops out there right now in Major League Baseball, and maybe it is. Maybe the answer is Volpe. Maybe that's why the Yankees didn't want to make a long-term investment to somebody like Correa or, or Seager or somebody, because the answer is Volpe, and maybe they plan on bringing him up sooner rather than later, which would be a tremendous thing for this team, because, yeah, you're right, I can't... Uh, kind of Lepp is making errors and, and not making plays that, you know, high school shortstops can make. So and they don't it, justify his bat. I mean, his bat doesn't justify his glove. You're supposed to see, you know mm -hmm. what? He's not going to hit. We'll live with it because he's going to make every play. He's not making every play. And if you can't hit and you're not making every play, what value are you? And I know Volpe's more upside than Peraza, but I believe Peraza's triple A, Volpe's double A. So mm -hmm. with that, you know, I think Volpe's 21. I'm not sure who's ahead in the pecking order there, but from what everyone says, Peraza can really pick it at shortstop. You got enough of a cushion here where you can come up, you, you can give him an audition here before the all-star break. You got two or three weeks here. Bring him up. Let him see. Let us see what he can do. Because at this point, you have nothing to lose. It's really hard to be worse than uh, than kind of play if it's a shortstop. All yeah. things considered. And I'm thinking about like what who's available at the deadline that you could acquire as an infielder. And I don't know if there oh, really wow. is anybody at the deadline. I mean, everyone's gonna you know obviously outfielder like Benintendi is a guy that you mentioned that could be a, a guy that's dealt at the deadline. Uh, I would certainly look at the. Um, Cincinnati Reds for starting pitching help, whether it's Luis Castillo or Tyler Male, um, guys that could be available in the rotation. But as far as like an infielder, I just I don't know if there is a guy out there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you mentioned Benatendi, uh, Hap. Would the Pirates be interested in Reynolds? It sounds like they would want a lot for Reynolds. But yeah, it, there's not a lot of sellers. If you look at the standings, and I was just doing this for the podcast everybody's kind of in the mix. Even teams you wouldn't think of, like the Rangers were only a couple out in the lost column. The Orioles have played well. They're in the mix. Uh, there's not a lot of teams with this extra wild card spot. Pretty much everyone's in it. I mean, the Angels are out of it. There's a, there's mm -hmm. a handful of teams that are out of it, but uh, a lot of teams are right there in the mix. Now, does some of these teams say, you know what? We're only a couple games out, but we're not really contenders. We'll sell anyway. It's possible. But like I said, Texas, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, the White Sox, you can't really bury any of these teams. And if you look around, uh, it's a whole lot of buyers and, and not that many sellers.
Talk to me about the Mets needs here at the trade deadline. Uh, I know we're obviously we have a couple weeks away, but this is when things are going to start to heat up. The Mets right now, a pivotal series against the Atlanta Braves. There's a chance, Will, that this team finds themselves in second place when they get to the All-Star break next week. What do they need to address here at the deadline? Yeah, it is Monday in the East Coast. It's Scherzer versus Free tonight. If Scherzer, if they lose tonight, I think they will be in second place by the All-Star game because it's Strider versus Peterson Tuesday. Uh, advantage Atlanta, and these games are in Atlanta. Wednesday, it's Morton Bassett, Advantage Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then Atlanta gets four games against the powerhouse Washington Nationals where if you're a Mets fan, you got to question the schedule makers here. It seems like every day the Braves play the Nationals, the Reds, the Pirates. So it's very possible. Now, look, they've, these game, these teams have 15 games head-to-head, so there's a lot to be decided. You lose two out of three here, it's not the worst thing in the world. There, there's a lot of games left. Uh, but to answer your question, they just need some some offense. I mean, I think it's the last 13 games. Six of them, they scored two runs or less. Uh, look, Alcantara uh, shut him down tonight. That, that's that you know he, he shuts down a lot of people. He's the Cy Young favorite for a reason. Yeah. But outside of uh, Alonzo Lindor, there's just not a lot of offense. Again, it's the same problem the Yankees have. Where okay, you want to buy, you want to add, you can get a bat at the deadline. You can get a Nelson Cruz. Uh, but the, again, there's not too many sellers. But look, this owner Cohen is going to be aggressive. He wants to win. Money's no object. Uh, so they'll add a bat. Do they add two bats? I'm not sure. McCann just got hurt again. Uh, Escobar's been up and down. But to answer your question, this team certainly needs offense. You would think with DeGrom back uh, in a couple weeks, Scherzer back, they're all set on starting pitching. Everyone can always use a bullpen guy. I'm sure they'll add a bullpen guy. But they certainly need uh, at least one you know, big-time bat that can bat yeah, fifth you, or sixth and give you some run production. You know, it's funny because one, one of the names that, you know, I was hearing about for a, a bat at the trade deadline was Trey Mancini, but the Orioles have won eight straight games. They're only two games out of a wild card. I don't think the Orioles are going to be sellers. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Like, like that's one of those teams. I mean, if you're the Baltimore, ah, boy, do you really think, hey, we're in a pennant race here? You're not winning a championship. I know it would mean something to even be in the mix in September, but you got to figure, hey, my window here is two years down the road, three years down the road. I know it's a nice story, but let's not be crazy here. We got great prospects. Let's keep building our future. We can still win anyway with you know guys we trade for or trade uh, away. I don't know that I would look at if I'm Baltimore and say, hey, I got to you know build for this year. I might still have an eye on the future and trade a guy like Mancini. Um, I don't know, CJ Crone from the Rockies, could you get him? Not impossible. Mm. Could you get somebody from Arizona, whether it's Marte or, or one of those guys? Uh, I mean, bats, bats are one thing you can find at the deadline. When you need starting pitching at the deadline, that's tricky. It's hard to find really good starting pitching at the deadline, but you can find a bat. But yeah, you bring up a good point. A lot of these teams, uh, like Baltimore, on the fringe in the mix, in, in which direction do they go? They are the most profitable team, by the way, yeah. in Major League Baseball right now. If you bet on the Orioles every single game, you are up uh, almost $1,300 this season. Actually, you're up almost $1,400, $1,398 this season on the Baltimore Orioles. More what, profitable than the Yankees. Off a $100 bet. Yeah, I mean, they've been good. They've even, uh, when they lose, even on the run line, they've been good because some of these games, they're like plus 200. Yeah. You can get them plus one and a half. They lose by a run. Yeah, they've done a great job. I don't know. Uh, are there betting awards for manager of the year? I don't, I haven't seen any markets <laughs> for manager of the year. Hyde would be a great candidate. He, he should be, you know, in the mix at least to get some votes here. He's done a hell of a job. Yeah, they are the number one uh, run line team in Major League Baseball, 55 wow. and 32 on the run line this year. That's that it's not even close. Like the next highest team is Texas who's 49 and 34. So, 
Uh, they've just been incredible when it comes to the run line. Uh, real quick, one final baseball thought. Uh, tonight's game, Scherzer, Freed, total of seven, first half under, under three and a half maybe? Yeah, under under seven, probably under three and a half. Just I have a hard time. I don't know how you are. I have a hard time betting full game unders just with the extra inning rules, yeah. the ghost runner. Once you get burned once or twice in a game that's 1-1, it ends up going over nine because <laughs> you know, all, all hell breaks loose the extra innings. You don't have much of an appetite to do more than one of those. So, yeah, under three and a half, probably a, a good bet in the first five. They'll probably, boy, if they make it three, that's too much. If they make you pay some juice, it's not impossible on three and a half. But I would certainly be uh, looking at the under. And Boy, it's a hell of a matchup. Scherzer, Freed, Mets, Braves should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. And yeah. I think both teams come out, maybe uh, just play a little tight. And the Mets offense, as you mentioned, has been struggling lately. So if, as long as Scherzer does his thing, I think we're getting a low scoring first half of this game. Well, do me a favor. Hang on for another segment. I want to talk to you about the Kevin Durant possibilities and where we're at right now with the Brooklyn Nets. He's Will Hill. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Just go to vsin.com slash store and order now. That's vsin.com slash store. This is The Look Ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. vsin will be broadcasting live from NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates throughout vSIN shows. For more, follow us at vSIN Live on Twitter, at vSIN Live on YouTube. Scott Seidenberg back here, rejoined by Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers for us here at vSIN, available on vSIN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, speaking of the Summer League, Will, uh, are you enjoying the uh, Quentin Grimes show for the New York Knicks here at the Summer League? I, you know, I've checked the lines. I've watched games here and there just to check out the rookies, see them in the uniforms. I saw Holmgren had a big game early. You know, Boncaro looked pretty good. I haven't watched a lot, to be honest. I mean, there's baseball <laughs> going on. Uh, to me, I mean, I know people just, you know, just tweeting about this 24-7. And the, the fun thing is these games are on all day and all night. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of fun, kind of like the bubble was a couple years ago. That's kind of why I like the bubble where mm-hmm. you just get games at weird times. I, I don't look at it, and I don't put too much stock in I think the summer league is – you kind of rule guys out. You see a guy, this guy can't play defense. This guy's not big enough. But uh, the Knicks are doing well here. I saw people betting summer league futures, which, hey, <laughs> I, I'm not one to judge. If you want action and you see something you like, just go for it. But, uh, yeah, this this is a good format for the Knicks because they have a bunch of these guys from, like, 22 to 25, the Grimes, the Sims, you know, a bunch of these guys who aren't superstars, aren't lottery picks, but are just uh, you know, good sort of fringe players. So it makes sense that they're uh, they're doing well in this format. Absolutely. Um, well, the the big story that we're just waiting to see what unfolds is, will the Brooklyn Nets trade Kevin Durant? And will they trade Kyrie Irving? Uh, I have been pretty firm in my opinion. I think Kyrie Irving does get dealt, and I think it will be to the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's just the easiest thing, just addition by subtraction for both teams and deal with it for one year. Just make a clean Westbrook for Irving trade and move on. But I think Durant stays with the Nets. I just don't think he gets traded. I think it's too difficult, Will. I don't think you're going to get any package that is even close to what should be the proper compensation to trade for a guy like Kevin Durant. What do you think ultimately happens here? 
Yeah, so I guess I'm not on an island here. I have no idea with Kyrie. You go back and forth. I mean, one day he's opting in. He's going to stay. One day he's not. I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. You might be right. But if you're going to keep Durant, I don't think Westbrook makes sense financially. You're going to want – here's the thing. If you're going to keep Durant, and, I do, and I'll do, i get to why I think they'll keep him, you can trade Kyrie and try to get some defensive pieces. Now, maybe take some of the picks you get from the Lakers. Uh, if you get Simmons to play, Durant, that's a lot of length. They were very small last year. Maybe you can get some defensive players back and turn this into a defense first team. But I think a few things. The Nets don't have their draft picks. The Rockets own all their picks. And then what Gobert fetched in the trade, I think it makes it very hard to do a Durant deal. And some of these deals, you know, the Raptors maybe will include Scotty Barnes, but we don't really want to. The Pelicans maybe will include Brandon Ingram. Well, if I'm the Nets, maybe I can get Ingram, maybe Barnes. Look, this guy's got four years left on a deal. Uh, I'm, I'm under no obligation to trade him. Now, look, you're unhappy. I, I did my part. If I'm the Nets, I, I picked up the phone. I made calls. I took calls. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to just give away this guy for 30 cents on the dollar. Uh, it's a superstar league. In order to win the championship, you need a top three player, a top five player. This is a top 10 or 12 player all time. Uh, Aiton and Bridges and Picks, all right, that's a nice little package. Aiton's a good player. I'd want him on my team. Bridges is a nice 3 and D player. I'd want him on my team. Neither one's made an all-star team, I don't think. This is Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I have no picks going forward. So, uh, you know, if I get picks back for him, like say that the Suns trade me a bunch of picks, a bunch of draft picks in the 20s don't do anything for me. And if I'm Marks, my legacy is tied to this trade because I set up Houston for the future. And, you know, every time Houston gets a a top pick on my name, that's, look, it's just, it's going to live with you forever. Uh, and if you look what Gobert tr- got traded for, I just don't think it's realistic to double, triple that return. And if I'm a GM, I can't say, you know what, Go- Gobert got traded for this and I got the same for Durant. Look how good I'm doing. You can't do that. So at the end of the day, he's got four years left on his deal. If I, I say to Durant, you know what, I'm sorry you're unhappy. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's figure it out. But I'm not going to just give you away here. That's kind of my thought. It's just, you know what? It's too difficult to find a proper package, and so you just keep them and and you go about it this year, and you hope that Ben Simmons plays, and you give it one more run. And, and as far as Kyrie is concerned, I just maybe the relationship is just not what it was between Durant and Kyrie, because there's got to be a reason why once Kyrie opts in, then Durant wants a trade. Like it just something doesn't add up here, and I just think. Maybe it is addition by subtraction, and maybe they don't have to bring in somebody that you know contributes immediately or makes this team an even better championship contender. Maybe it's just getting rid of Kyrie and getting out from under uh, underneath him, and and you know you hope that you hope that he would have not opted in and you had this money to spend in free agency, but now you just trade him and see what you can get for him. Yeah, uh, I'm not one to defend Kyrie. I think he's, first of all, he he doesn't play that much, whether it's injuries, whether it's protests, vaccines, this or that. I think once he's on the court, he's a little overrated. He's small. He's not great defensively. He's obviously incredibly skilled. That being said, if I'm the Nets, look, I, I get Durant in a room. I get Kyrie in a room, and I know Kyrie's a pain to deal with. Trust me, and maybe they don't bring him back. But I say, you know what? Let's just go through the teams in the league. This isn't. There's no 17 Warriors. There's no 2013 Heat. If we bring back a team with Durant, with Kyrie, Curry, we get Joe Harris back, we got Claxton. I mean, this team was favored to win it all last year. I mean, the Clippers are good. The Warriors are, are really good. There's not a great team. We're on the handful. We're one of the you know four or five teams that can win it all. So maybe we stomach this for a year. We revisit in a year. And you know, Kyrie, you can go your separate way. Durant, maybe we'll think about trading you. 
But let's just forget about whatever is bothering us for a year, and let's just go try to win a championship because uh, we're pretty much as good as anybody if we keep our team together. And look, I, I know nobody can stand Kyrie, and Durant's unhappy about whatever he's unhappy about. We have no idea. Uh, I just, if I'm the Nets, I do whatever I can here to run this back and try to win a championship. Would you take a flyer on the Nets 14 yes. to 1 right now to Ooh. win the Eastern Conference? Oh, yeah. 14 to 1 to win the East. Absolutely. I thought the 50 to 1s to win it all last week were egregious. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, bookmakers take vacations too. And sometimes the best bookmakers in these companies, they're on vacation. Sometimes you get the B teams, the C teams, and you can catch them napping. To me, uh, 50 to 1 for them to win the title made no sense. Back that down to 30 to 1 now. Yeah. What is it now? I think it was at, it was at 27 to 1. Uh, still bettable. Obviously, not of course as good. Still That's bettable, still pretty good. I'd rather yeah. have the conference than the championship, I think. Right now, the Nets up uh, 28 to 1 to win, win it all. To win the East, they are, yeah, 13, 14 to 1. That's not bad. I mean, it, let's just say this gets resolved, and you know what? We've decided we're not trading him. Durant says, you know what? I'm happy here. You're running it back with run the team back. you had last year. Yeah. That was the favorite. And I thought the prices were crazy last year. I was saying, you know, 6-1, 7-1, what are we, serious? They're going to be in the play-in. They're small. They don't guard anybody. To me, they were completely overvalued. Now mm. they're being completely undervalued because, uh, again, I just show me the trade that makes sense for the Nets. Brandon Ingram and a bunch of picks, maybe. Barnes and, you know, Siakam. Well, but then Toronto the Ra- wouldn't the Raptors, do that. Exactly. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I, I think the only thing that, honestly, I, Paul George for Durant straight up. The thing I, is, if I'm the Nets, he's too, he's older, though. Do yeah. I really want a 30, 31-year-old guy? Is George going to want to go to the Nets? Mm-hmm. Is Kawhi, is Durant going to want to go somewhere and play second fiddle? Because he really didn't get you know credit for those championships with the Warriors. If I go and I play second fiddle to Kawhi, are people going to knock me for that? There's a lot. Here's the thing. You have to satisfy the Nets. You have to satisfy their trade partner. And ultimately, Durant doesn't have a no trade, but you have to satisfy him because he can kill any deal. If he yeah. if he gets wind that, hey, we're going to trade you to the Raptors, well, if I'm the Raptors, I want to talk to KD and make sure he's okay coming here before I trade for him and give up my future. So he can pretty much kill any deal. So you have to satisfy three parties here. Not very easy. All right. Wiggins, Poole, and Wiseman for Durant. Wiggins, Poole, and Wiseman. Wiseman for Durant. I still need more if I'm the Nets and if I'm the Warriors. Do I want to? Why am I going to go back to the Warriors? I just left there because I wasn't getting any credit. Now I'm going to go back to another title team. That's it, tough. That's a tough one. It's he goes back there and it kind of like resets his legacy. It's kind of like, hey guys, my bad. I left. Yeah, I made a mistake. But this is where I belong. This is where I had my my best years. My Back-to-back NBA Finals MVP. Let's all sing Kumbaya, and we'll go run it back and win another title. I think asking for a trade in general is another knock on his legacy. People are tired of this. I think the one thing that saves his legacy a little bit, for him to just say, you know what? My bad. I was annoyed. I'm over it. I'm going to run it back. Let's win a championship here. I think that's what he should do. Yeah. I ultimately think that's what's going to happen. Will, you and I are on the same page there. He's going to be a Brooklyn Net next year. I appreciate the conversation. We'll be checking out the latest edition of the CityCast. Trade them to the Yankees for Kiner Filet to make everybody happy. <laughs> now, talk, now we're talking about addition by subtraction. <laughs> He's Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers for us here at VSIN. You can find it on vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. You follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, going to run through the Major League Baseball board for Monday. We have a doubleheader, so one day game on the schedule. 
and then a fairly light schedule throughout the night. We'll go over it all, find some best bets coming up next. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to start listening for free today. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN summer special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today, you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, Premium articles on golf, UFC, NASCAR. So if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Red Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball board here for Monday. The action gets started with game one of a doubleheader from Kansas City. The Tigers and the Royals, the scheduled starters for game one, although these things change. Whenever we have doubleheaders, it's always weird where, like, you know, all of a sudden in the morning you find out that the manager just decides to flip the rotation. He's like, all right, you know, you're going to start game one and you're going to start game two, whatever. Uh, but scheduled starters right now, Michael Pineda, for the Tigers in Game 1, Brad Keller for in the Royals in Game 1. Game 2, later on at night, it's going to be Fido for the Tigers and um, Daniel Lynch for the Royals. Right now, Game 1, KC minus 140, total of 9.5. Game 2, KC minus 135, same total, 9.5. Pirates take on the Marlins. Mitch Keller on the hill against Trevor Rogers. Miami is a minus 160 favorite. If I had to lean, it would be Miami. Um, I don't know if I love it. I'd have to dive a little further into it. Uh, Rogers is kind of up and down, so don't necessarily... I don't love it at first glance. Um, here's one that I kind of do like. Rays and Red Sox from Tampa. Boston, minus 120. You got Brian Bello making his second career start for the Red Sox. He's their number one pitching prospect. Kid comes up from the minors, 
gets the start against the Rays uh, on Wednesday. In four innings, and he's supposed to be a high strikeout guy, in four innings, he strikes out two batters, he walks three, he gives up six hits and four runs scored on 79 pitches in just those four innings. So now, you know, usually when you have a team that's facing a pitcher for the first time, especially a rookie pitcher making his debut where there's not much, you know, film on him or, you know, you don't really have the scouting report done. It's it's a difficult for the hitters. Now they've seen him already. Now they get to see him again. And I see no reason why the Rays don't have a similar productive outing against Brian Bello like they did on Wednesday. Matt Whistler's going to go for Tampa, and um, Whistler is an opener. So he's probably only going to go one inning. I can't imagine him going more than one inning. Will he be backed up by you know Ryan Yarbrough maybe? I, we'll see what they decide to do here with the Rays. Um, you know, Whistler will be the opener, and then they'll go uh, with somebody for the bulk of the game. So it's going to be, I, I do believe that it is Rays and, you know, the one thing, Wander Franco is going to the IL. So you have a Rays team that has lost three straight games, and they will be without Wander Franco, but they've been without Wander Franco for a while now. and Well, at the start of the season. They played with uh, with uh, without Wander, so Wander Franco and Kevin Kiermeyer going to the IL. So that's two pieces of the lineup. So that would be maybe my only hesitation. I'd have to see what the lineup looks like, but at first glance, I do like the Rays at plus money at home against the Red Sox. Also, it's a fade of the teams on Sunday Night Baseball. There is something to it. You have the team that plays on Sunday Night Baseball, and then, especially in a Red Sox case, after this game, traveling now down to Tampa, the, it's just, it's happened. The teams that play on Sunday Night Baseball, then traveling and playing on Monday, it's been pretty profitable to bet against those teams. And it happens a lot this year. And um, just the way that I'm, I'm taking a look at this is going fading the, 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 the Red Sox coming off of the Sunday Night Baseball game. Uh, let's see. We got the White Sox and the Guardians. Lance Lynn against Cal Quantrill. The White Sox are minus 120, total of nine. I haven't liked what I've seen from Lance Lynn since coming off the IL. He did have that one good outing against the Giants, but other than that, this dude's been roughed up. Uh, his first start, three runs. Second start, three runs. Third run, f- third start, five runs. He has the great outing against San Francisco, but then he re- reverts back to form, allowing five runs to the Twins. So I haven't liked anything that I've seen from Lance Lynn. Uh, might take a look at the Guardians here. In this one, or maybe even the the, the total. Maybe take a look at the over. Uh, Phillies and Cardinals, great pitching matchup. Aaron Nola, Miles Michaelis, 
I like Phillies minus 115, total of seven and a half. I like the under in the first five. I think both of these starting pitchers will pitch well. And the offense in this series has been non-existent. First game of this series on, on Friday, 2-0, Phillies win. Second game, 1-0, Phillies win. Third game here on Sunday, it was a 3-1 game going to the bottom of the sixth. Cardinals score one in the sixth, one in the seventh, one in the eighth. They win the game 4-3. It's been under, under, under. It's just been a low-scoring series, and I think... It continues on Monday, at least to start, with both of these starting pitchers in Aaron Nola and Miles Michaelis. I also like the under three and a half in a huge nationally televised game, Mets and Braves battle for the American League East. Max Scherzer against Max Fried. Scherzer returned from the IL and looked fantastic in his first start, striking out 11. Max Fried has been incredible this season. He's got a 2.52 ERA. Total in this game is 7. Braves are favored at minus 120. This is an important series because the winner of this series will likely be in first place at the end of the uh, prior to the All-Star break. If the Braves can take two of three from the Mets, which the pitching matchup, with the exception of this game with Scherzer, lines up to that for that to be the case. They have the pitching advantage the next two games. So let's say the Braves could even sweep the Mets if they win this one. But let's just say the Braves take two of three. Then the Braves have four games against the Nationals. They could sweep those four games. And they're only one and a half games back going into this series. Atlanta could be in first place by the time we hit the All-Star break next week. So a pivotal pivotal game. And I think that the teams kind of, this is going to be a playoff-like atmosphere. I can see them coming out, not tight, but just... Yeah, yeah, maybe tight is the word. Um, I can see the pitchers dominating this one early. Scherzer and Freed, I like the under three and a half in the first five innings there. A's take on the Rangers. Adrian Martinez gets another start for Oakland. Uh, Spencer Howard goes for Texas, and this dude has just given up runs. I mean, he's if he goes more than three, four innings, he's going to give up runs. And I don't know if I can back him. I don't know if I can back the A's in their lineup, which has not been good. So it's probably a stay away spot here. Um, you know, maybe take a look at the over, honestly. Maybe it's an over nine. If Spencer Howard gives up three, four runs, maybe Texas can get five or six and, and you get the over here. Uh, Padres and Rockies, Sean Manaya on the hill against um, Jose Urena. For Colorado, San Diego minus 145, total of 11 and a half for Manaya, a guy who, you know, started out the season. He, he had some good starts. Lately, it has not been good. He's been giving up some runs, and the Padres, just in general, have, you know, losing uh, the last two games to the Giants. They lost two to the Mariners a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm a little, little concerned about the Padres right now. And then the last game, the uh, nightcap final game of the day here on Monday is going to be the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Merrill Kelly against Alex Cobb, San Francisco minus 165. They're looking for revenge for the way that the Diamondbacks just absolutely put it on them last week. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Paul Allen, Vikings play-by-play voice, will join the program. And then uh, Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times, the film critic, will join the program as well. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.